This is Off Script with Trish Glose, intimate interviews and conversations with interesting people, to me at least. In front of my microphone today, Mr. John Watts. Hello. Hi. Trish. Hi. How are you? How are you? You're, uh, I just good. asked you this. You're a business owner, um, yes. have a lobbying firm. Public affairs. Public affairs. Public affairs. Please correct me. Yes. Yeah. Um, and also, you came in today. Um, I really liked your idea of what this podcast should be called. Yeah. Getting close what? with Glows. Yeah. I like that. There you go. Yeah. Kingsley Kelly asked, where were you when we were coming up with a name for this podcast? And but... I urge you to use it. Okay. We'll think about I'll it. Send you a bill. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, you'll you'll receive it in the mail, right. the invoice. Yes. Um, so I always like to start off these with, where are you from? Uh, I was born and raised in Lebanon, Oregon. It's Lebanon. Lebanon. Not yes. Lebanon. Absolutely not. That can get in trouble. I was going to ask if it'll yes. get you in trouble in On Lebanon. the Willamette River. Okay. Actually, the Santa Am River. Okay. Yes. How long did you live there? I lived there until I was, until uh, I graduated from uh, from school. Well, I guess till, till I was about 19. Okay. I, I um, worked in a, a Lebanon's a timber town, mm -hmm. and uh, timber was big, and mm -hmm. so uh, I had worked in a sawmill uh, from when I was a junior until the year after, year or two after high school. Okay. <clears throat> what decade are we talking here? Yeah, what decade? <laughs> the late 1800s. Um, I graduated from high school in 1967, so okay. the late 60s, you okay. know, through the summer of love and right. all that good stuff. What, what was your childhood like in Lebanon? Uh, Family-oriented. Uh, gee whiz. You know, uh, the through the Father Knows Best era, that was a mm -hmm. TV show that was on a long, long time ago. I'm aware. And uh, uh, Leave it to Beaver, that kind of stuff. No, it was really fun because... Um, you know, it was a time that you, uh, other than school, you had a lot of free time. You'd go out and explore, and mm -hmm. we lived close to a, the street I grew up on <clears throat> was a dead end, and there was a there was a mill pond at the end of it. And so, as you might imagine, young men uh, getting together on their bicycles and creating mm -hmm. all kinds of fantasies about things, and having a pond, uh, uh, we we built a raft. Uh, on the pond, mm -hmm. so during the summertime we could have a little bit of fun out there and stuff. So, right, it was a good time. Very Tom it was Sawyer. A good time, yes, Huck nice. Finn and Tom nice. Sawyer. I like it. Um, and then when did you? Uh, you said you went to high school in Lebanon, mm -hmm. graduated I from did. there. What were you yes. like in high school? Oh boy, um, very shy. Really? Well, I'm still shy. I mean, down deep inside. Deep. You know. Deep inside. Deep, deep inside. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I wasn't, well, through grade school, I was straight A's. And uh, up until about junior high, and then, you know, there became distractions, as any young man will have about mm. that time in their life, probably. Like female distractions? Uh, sure. Okay. Sure, yeah. Just and uh, uh, after that, high school, you know, the thing I look back on high school, didn't particularly care for it uh, for a couple of reasons, because... Um, I didn't feel challenged, mm -hmm. so consequently those distractions and other distractions, sports and things like that, kind of became more important, I guess. Okay, yeah. And uh, so I proudly graduated um, 352nd out of a class of 278. 
you know. Um, not particularly worried about it at the time. There was a lot going on by the time I graduated from high school, not the least of which was the Vietnam War. Right, right, right. And there was the, there was the feeling, the perception that if you weren't real high on the intellectual scale that, uh, mm -hmm. that the service was going to be in front of you. Exactly. What came after high school for you? Um, what came after high school was work, uh, got married young, mm -hmm. uh, so started a family uh, pretty quickly. Um, <clears throat> and that kept me from uh, going in the service. Um, although my best friend in school was killed in Vietnam, mm. uh, which was, it was a life changer for me. Uh, my outlook changed. I became deeply resentful. And that was, you know, that was kind of what was going on at that time. I was just going to say a um, tumultuous time in our country. It really then. was. Mm -hmm. It really was. And my resentment led me to, you know, uh, long hair, uh, defiant, uh, rebellious. Sure, sure. Um, music was very important, though. I think that's one of the things that um, was kind of a saving grace that mm -hmm. you could that you could go to the music and the things that went along with uh, with that. And so. music specifically, the Beatles. For oh you. Oh my! Uh, during high school. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that hit me really hard. Um, when I was a freshman, uh, we, I, I, we lived outside of town by that time on a small farm. And um, we had actually had a radio on our bus. And uh, one day I can remember... The school bus? Or you yeah, had the a... school bus. Okay. Yeah, in the school bus. So we could listen to, right. you know, the, the popular things were Elvis and, and uh, you know, some of the music from mm -hmm. the 50s and stuff. And one day... We're, we're almost uh, to the top of the hill where we turned off. And this song by the Beatles came on. It was, I Want to Hold Your Hand. And there was a senior girl in the front of the bus, stood up, started screaming, and fell, fainted dead away. Really? The bus driver had to pull the bus over. He didn't understand what was going on. And it was like, what in the world caused that? Okay. And then, you know, then it all started. Explosion. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Had you ever heard that song before? No, I had never okay. heard of the Beatles before. Okay. What they, was? I mean, it was brand new. Sure. You know. What it, What was it about the Beatles that you just connected to? It was new. It was mm. different. It was. Um, it was the style of music. You know, it wasn't that wasn't the old-fashioned crooners. Uh, and I know there are some people who were you know, just ahead of me that wouldn't agree with that. But mm -hmm. this, this was new. This was mine. This was, mm -hmm. or this was ours, mm -hmm. you know, so. And uh, you were a teenager. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was 14 at the time. Okay. Very influenced by that kind of stuff. And know, I mean, they so. were huge. They were huge during this, <clears throat> this part of your life, um, as far as popularity goes. Um, and I heard that you were such a fan that when John Lennon died, you did mm -hmm. what? Well, John Lennon died on my birthday. Really? Mm hmm Wow. So um, I cried. I was stunned. Mm -hmm. uh, this was a person who uh, was a hero to me. Mm hmm You know? Uh, I mean, he was willing to stand up for things he believed in, and his music was absolutely incredible. And so, 
you know, it was it was that Monday night, and I was watching Monday Night Football, and and uh, uh, I was absolutely stunned. Sure. Well, and it's, I mean, everything yeah. around it was so tragic, and he was so young, and. Well, it was. It was such a stupid thing to have a fan, yeah. to have a fan assassinate the star mm -hmm. just because, you know. So what um, happened? But happened. You did something specific after his death. Well, I, a after I, <laughs> I guess after I got through the grief, um, I wrote a letter to uh, Yoko Ono, mm -hmm. and. Uh, Why? What was the reasoning behind that? I just wanted to tell her I felt bad for her, you know, and I love John Lennon. I mean, I was, gee whiz, I was, how old was I, 1980, so I was 32 years old. Okay. So, so maybe looking back, it seemed like kind of a crazy thing to do, but it was important that I shared that, you know, with her, and a number of months later, I actually got a reply. Yeah. What'd uh, she say? Her. Um, it was a very generic reply, but it was handwritten on uh, one of his drawings oh. in a postcard, uh, and it said, "It said thank you very much." And mm. you know, do you still have it? Imagine, yes, I do. Of course, you have it. Yeah, I'm not going to get rid of something like that. You know, it's funny right. you say that. Like, what compelled you to write that? I think when we have celebrities that we sort of hold way up here, yeah. most of us, if you're not a little crazy we feel a little like we shouldn't kind of impose on their personal right. life and it's like right. well what are they going to get out of me sending a letter right. but sometimes i think you just you do it because it's in your heart and you just you want it was to probably for me more than anything else yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i like it it's a wow. good story yeah hey uh when did you come to the rogue valley when did you move down here came down here in 1982 okay. um, with the fred meyer organization okay when we opened the first store south of eugene clothing um, store no no uh, the fred meyer, the, oh the fred meyer. fred meyer okay yeah, okay i had worked in a clothing store that's prior what i was getting okay so you yes. worked where was the clothing store that you worked at <clears throat> uh, i worked uh well i worked at a number of them it was a clothing chain up in uh up in willamette valley called the blade ultimately i i know <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. We won't go there at Thank all. You. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, but uh, did you want to work in a clothing store? Were you a fan of clothes oh, in general? Oh my goodness, uh, uh, that was my dream. Really? Uh, at some point in time, to work in a clothing store. I was a little nuts about clothes because, you know, when I grow up, when I grew up, we were poor, uh, or at least I thought we were poor. And uh, when I was in high school, a lot of the clothes that I wore were hand-me-downs from mm -hmm. another church family. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I wanted a pair of Levi Strauss 501s in the worst order, mm. but I couldn't get one, uh, get a pair until I was out of school and on my own. And I thought, man, it'd be really cool to work in a clothing store. And it was. Oh, yeah. I've worked yeah. in a few. Um, yeah. So you, you did get that pair of Levi's. I did. Okay. I did. And many, many more. Of course. Yes. Do you find when I started buying my clothes as a teenager myself, I took right. so much more care, like better care of oh, them? Oh, absolutely. Because they oh, were absolutely. mine and I purchased them. Right. Right. Folded right. everything. And yes. Because you're, um, you're quite stylish. Oh, you actually, oh. you actually modeled a little bit, I heard. Well, come on. I, I don't know who you're Give getting your information from. From someone who's very close to you. <laughs> there are, there are some pictures that haven't become public of doing some advertising for Dang the clothing it. store. Okay. Yes. Still, you yes. modeled. I did. You're a model. I did. 
Yes, I guess I guess I would have to admit to that. Okay. And well, and while we're on the topic, I looked a lot thinner then. I'll tell you. <laughs> hey, you, you could know. model now, easy. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> kind of a headshot, maybe, huh? Stop. Maybe it. I could be a hand model. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so, along with, um, you know, you are quite the dresser, but I also heard that you are quite the fan of shoes, oh, and yeah. that you have shoes for all sorts of occasions. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, you have like grocery shopping shoes. Pretty much. Uh, mm -hmm. gardening shoes. I don't know if you True. garden. Yeah. Out, going out to dinner yeah. shoes. Right. Yeah. How, how Golf many shoes? How many shoes? Baseball we, shoes. How many pairs are we talking here? Mm, now? Yeah. Right now? Uh, I don't know. 25, 30 pair, probably. That's not many. Uh, no, actually, I, th I was going to, I was expecting more. I was expecting mm. a higher number. Well, I rotate them. <laughs> you know, after you wear they them don't for last one. forever. Okay, they right? don't. They don't. They don't. What are your favorite pair of shoes right now? Probably these. Okay. Yeah, they're they're comfortable and uh, they're very very lightweight. What's the brand? If we can say this is not an advertisement, mm, but Skechers. Okay, I wore these just for you today, by yeah. the way. Okay. These yeah. are I can show oh, them on the camera. You know, well. So these are Adidas. These yes. are superstars. Yes, they are. Those are tennis shoes. Um, my wife had a pair similar to those. I, I think she had about sixty thousand miles put on them. Excellent. I and wore these just for went, you today, by okay. the way. Okay. Because I heard you were a shoe guy. Yeah. And, and these and right now are, nice. are my favorite pair of shoes. Are they? Yes. Why? This is not an advertisement. Because they're just, they're cool. They remind me of the 80s. Okay. And they're... Are they comfortable? Or are they... Is I mean, they're comfortable, fashion but... fashion statement? Or it's a little bit they, of both. They're comfortable, but they're also a fashion okay, statement. See, that's important. It, I think mm -hmm. so. Yeah, but I, right. I'm a shoe fan, too. A shoe dog is what uh, well, Nike calls. Well, you know, growing up, growing up in the fifties, mm -hmm. uh, it was um, J.C. Penney tennis shoes during the summer, and then school shoes mm -hmm. uh, and a pair of boots to work to do chores and stuff. Right. And Sunday go to meeting shoes. Yeah. And so, you know, four pair of shoes, man, that just didn't get it's it. It's not enough. Did you no. just say Sunday go to meeting? Mm-hmm. Can you say that again? Sign to go to meeting. That was so Oregonian of you. <laughs> Is that church? Yes. Okay. Yes, twice on Sunday and once on Wednesday night. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what really is that Baptist? Because that's what Baptists do. Uh, no. Okay. No, it's Protestant, but okay. we. I grew up in a Nazarene okay. family. Okay. All right. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're not going to talk about religion. Go to um, all you Nazarenes out there. When uh, when do you serve in the legislature? I was elected in 1990. And I served until January 1, 1999. What made you want to go into the legislature? Well, <clears throat> you know, I could give you some kind of a sappy answer. But truly, um, I, I uh, was partners in a computer store. And uh, we were had some issues with workers' compensation. Mm -hmm. And it was a very, very complicated issue. We were thrown, my store was thrown into a high-risk pool for Safe Corporation. Okay. And probably the most dangerous thing we did in the store was unlock the door in the morning. I mean, really, this is a computer store. And so uh, out of the three partners, it was my responsibility to learn about workers' comp and what was going on with it. I was in Rotary at the time, and I had lunch with a former uh, state representative, and he was really blowing smoke up my skirts, you mm -hmm. know, when he said, you would be a great state representative. You kind of puffed up a little uh, bit. Oh man, are you kidding? That's like really me. Wow, that's that's exciting. So I started thinking about all the wrong things 
about being powerful, you know, about being on TV, on KTVL, and all this kind of stuff. And um, I couldn't go to sleep. I just couldn't sleep at night. I'm thinking about all these things. Okay. Wow, this would really be cool. And, uh, but really the primary thing for me was the fact that I had a business. It was a new business. Mm -hmm. It was growing. You know, I can't really do this. But I talked to my family and they encouraged me. So I threw my hat in the ring and I was fortunate enough to, okay. to win. What was the spirit of the legislature in the late 80s, early 90s right then? Well, you know, hindsight's always kind of a, a rosy picture of sure. oh, it was great. And Memories. We, I was fortunate because I was in the majority uh, for all four years that I served. So I had opportunities. Um, um, I, I earned a chairmanship uh, in mm -hmm. my first session, after mm -hmm. my first session. Um, and so I was fortunate enough to be able to serve on chairs of committees, which kind of gives you a little more opportunity to decide what legislation is going to go through in okay. your committee and things of that nature. Was the spirit different, though? Was there? Oh, a no question okay. about it. It was more social. Sure. It was a lot more social, and that, that ended right at the end of my term. Uh, hmm. um, due to laws and things that were going on, this, the social part pretty much stopped, and that's unfortunate, but that's okay. kind of the way it goes. So how did you and how did you get into lobbying? And before we get into that, do you think lobbying is a nasty word? Well, I think it creates perceptions okay. in people's minds okay. of things like that. But but it's not. It it's a good it's a good thing because it helps to educate right um, legislators and, about right. their clients, but it also educates clients about the legislative process. Okay. Yeah. But you went into I did. lobbying for a while. I did. I, you know, I'd spent eight years. Um, I'd had a, a, been successful in computers, but by the time I got out of the legislature, the computer clients I had had gone on to other people, as you would expect. Mm -hmm. They needed somebody to do that. So uh, it was kind of like, what am I going to do after I'm out? I was term limited, so I knew yeah. when it was going to end. And um, we were working on, we had some really uh, uh, important transportation issues going on down here. So I was actually approached by some business people to uh, continue advocating mm -hmm. for transportation uh, issues down okay. here. So that made it a lot easier. Right. And so that's when I met you. That was back sort of in 2002. I was mm -hmm. a brand new reporter here. Yes, you My were. news director. I remember that day. Gordon Godfrey. Anytime I was having trouble yeah. getting anyone to talk to me on camera about anything legislatively, you know, linked. Right. He right. said, go talk to John Watt. Right. And before, after, you know, after a while, you were just speed dial on my cell phone because I'm like, no one's talking wow. to me. You want to talk to me? I know. Lucky you. Man, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> so lucky. So I didn't even know that. Uh, well, now you do. This is why, this is why we have off script with Trish Gloss. We learn new things about each other. I see. Okay. Good. Right. Um, speaking of learning new things, you uh, are a fan of Mustangs. Yes. In fact, you've taken Mustang trips across the country. Yes, with we other had Kathy and I, my yes, wife. Yes, your your lovely wife, Kathy. Yes. Um, and these are Mustang tr uh, trips with other Mustang enthusiasts. Yes. Okay. Yes. The first one we did uh, was, she was in 2014. Okay. It was the 50th year of the Mustang, 
and we had uh, some friends around here who had some Mustangs that were going to go across the country uh, back to uh, Charlotte, South Carolina. And we thought, wow, that'd be kind of fun. Mm -hmm. So we signed up for that, and we went with, well, there were 200-plus cars who went from the West Coast back there. Wow. And But you can't go in a great big group. Law enforcement doesn't particularly care mm -hmm. for that. So we, we had a group of six or seven of us, a car, six or seven Mustangs, and we made some new friends sure. uh, who are still great friends today. And uh, um, in fact, our friends from uh, San Francisco come up for our Mustang runs every year. We, we do short runs. Mm -hmm. I mean, we went up to Banff one year and uh, we're going up to Joseph. We're going to keep it in Oregon this year mm -hmm. and going up to Joseph and have nice. a lot of fun. And yeah. what is it about the Mustang that you just kind of go gaga over? Oh, man, it's a muscle car. Uh, you know, a car from from mm -hmm. uh, my youth, mm -hmm. I guess, if you will. Um, that That's part of it. And the people we meet, I guess that was the biggest surprise. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're just driving. Sure. Um, and one of the things, uh, when we were planning a trip back to uh, South Carolina, um, this was an organization called Mustangs Across America. And one of the things they encouraged you to do was to have a CB radio in your car. Oh. And I'm going like, right. Hey, breaker, breaker, uh, big Dan <laughs> up there. Uh, and, I, and I said, oh, come on, I'm not going to do that. But we did it. And it made those 350, 400 mile days really fun because we mm -hmm. can talk to the people in the other cars. That is cool. And uh, you learn a lot about people, mm -hmm. but it was a safety thing too, so. Yeah, uh, uh, favorite, cool. do you have a favorite year, a favorite as far as Mustangs go? Well, uh, I have a two, 2007 Mustang, mm -hmm. so aside from the, you know, 64 to 66, mm -hmm. uh, the 2007, 2009s are styled more in that style of that old original mm -hmm. Mustang, so I really like that, awesome. yeah. Yeah. Muscle cars. Yes. Um, you have three daughters. Yes, I do. And I was talking mm -hmm. to your lovely wife, Kathy, because we had this conversation. Ah, this is where that information you... came from. Maybe. Well, well, well. Maybe, yeah. Blame <laughs> her. Um, you've been married a few times. Kathy says she's the last, though. Yes, and she means that. <laughs> yes, she does. Do you think you finally got it right with her? No question. No question about it. She is an incredible woman. What what um, what is it about her? What was it about her when you first met her that you were just like, "This is it. She's the one." Um, she was very efficient. Uh, she was beautiful. Um, the thing, <laughs> looking back on it, was really interesting. On our first uh, date, I guess if you will, she told her friends the next the next day that I was a. Something you can't say. Can you say things like that on the on the podcast? Well, go ahead I mean, and say it, and then if it's really with an A, and did it end with a hole. Yes. Okay. It certainly we can did. We can fill in the holes there. as a descriptive phrase of that particular word. Um, I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know that until <laughs> actually sometime later after we were living together. So you were just like, hey. No, did you do that? Um, yeah, there was some ego involved. Okay. I mean, you know, when you're. <laughs> When, when you're an elected official in the legislature, there are people who treat you that way, mm -hmm. and uh, you kind of got to be careful sometimes. You think you might start believing that, you know? That's interesting you bring that up. I, uh, My husband and I talk about this all the time. <laughs> Politicians, celebrities, they have sort of groups of people who are always telling them that they're awesome, right. and they're amazing, and they're wonderful, right. and they're brilliant. Right. 
that like can be... they tell you all no, the time. No, I have people in my life who keep me very grounded, thank <laughs> goodness. But dude, that's a that's a problem, especially mm -hmm. when those people start to believe I'm amazing. And, and I think I think we've seen that just recently for people who think they're uh, indestructible. Yeah, it's uh, dangerous. And, uh, and behave in a manner that's not necessarily acceptable to everyone. That that did not happen to me. Kathy has kept me grounded. I was just going to ask. There's no question about that. But I've got to tell you, and a lot of people won't believe this, but I really am shy inside. Uh, when I... I was able to go overcome it more when I was in office mm -hmm. because I had a title. I could become someone. Sure. So I could put on that a mask. On that mask and mm -hmm. be that person. You know, and but at home and things like that and um, I would prefer to be at home. I love home. Uh, it's a wonderful place to mm -hmm. be, but just by the nature of what I do. You know, we have to go out and mm -hmm. meet famous people like you. <laughs> Please. Places. Please. Uh, we're going to wrap up a little getting bit. but um, to you. <laughs> getting close, close with close. to close. It's going to, yeah. it's under review. That name is okay. under review right now. Okay. I'll have my people contact your people. Okay. okay? That would be good. Um, we are wrapping up, but you were recently in the Mail Tribune for a guitar, a very special guitar. So oh. tell everybody about this story. First of all, how'd you get the guitar, and then what happened to the guitar? Right, right. Living Opportunities is a wonderful, wonderful organization amazing. here amazing. in our community. And uh, we represent them at the Capitol in Salem. And so, consequently, we go to their events and things. And um, one year at the Fern Archer event that they have, um, Dan Mish, who does the, the studio mm -hmm. at Living Opportunities, mm -hmm. had hand-painted a guitar, and it was a yellow submarine. Yes. So I approached him afterwards, and it sold for a, a good amount of money. I'm sure they were mm -hmm. very, very happy with it. So I approached him afterwards, and I said, I will pay the same amount of money as that guitar if you will paint me a Sergeant Pepper, because uh, I really, really like mm -hmm. Sergeant Pepper. And so we negotiated for a while. He said he would. Uh, he ultimately did. Uh, couple of weeks before the auction, he called me and he said, would it be all right with you if we put it up for auction? And then if it goes so high that you can't buy it, I'll make you another one. And uh, so I reluctantly agreed to that. Once I started the bidding, I wasn't about to let anyone no, else have it. So no. I bought it right. and um, proudly displayed it in my office. Mm -hmm. And a couple of months later, uh, Ne'er Do Well broke into my office and stole my stole guitar. Stole that guitar. Yes, yes. You were, I can, I can only, you were devastated. Oh my. And it was such a stupid thing, because uh, I was, it happened, the break-in happened on Saturday. Um, the cops come in, we look around, there's nobody. I lock up and go home, okay, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And then Monday morning, I was sitting at my desk, I was talking on the phone. And I just swung over to look to where the guitar was, and it was the it was gone. And man, I just heart, absolutely heart in your gut. Oh, it was pretty quick that the heart in my gut took over for the anger mm -hmm. that I displayed to mm -hmm. the people in my office, for which I had to apologize. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and uh, um, the good people next door at Four Daughters had the guy on tape. Oh. And uh, so the tape was on uh, all the TV stations 
social media, I'm sure. Social media, the paper, mm-hmm. but you, I mean, I don't think anybody could have identified him. Did so, you give up a little bit? Totally, totally. Um, Call the insurance company. The insurance company wanted to have it appraised, but how do you appraise a one-of-a-kind only thing? I know, I know. So I did. I just chalked it up to uh, experience. And then a couple of weeks ago on Monday morning, I had a call from uh, the detective, and he said, we found your guitar, and uh, it's in perfect shape. After he said he found my guitar, I was sure he was going to say in nine pieces in a dumpster somewhere. Sure, sure. But it was in great shape. I don't. I don't understand. Uh, I think it was karma. Uh, I invoked instant karma uh, to the individual who took it. So I'm hoping that you know they started having nosebleeds and boils pop out all over their body, and they finally said, "I got to get, get rid of this." I got to get rid of this guitar. Did you do like the Fred Flintstone click your heels when when you heard that news? Uh, no, I tried that before, and and. <laughs> My ended balance, badly. My balance doesn't allow me to do things like that anymore. <laughs> ended badly. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to the final three. Best advice you've ever been given? From my pastor uh, when I was in the eighth grade. He sat me down and uh, told me, communication is the most important thing in your life. Hmm. If you don't remember anything that I've taught you, just remember in your private life, in your public life, in your work life, if you don't have communication, you're going to have problems. Wow, that mm-hmm. is good advice. Very I've good advice. I've never forgotten that. Do you remember the pastor's name? I do, Reverend Marble. Nice. Well, thank you, Reverend Marble. That's wow. excellent advice. Um, if you ever moved away from here, the Rogue Valley, what would you miss the most about this place? What would bring you back to come visit or for good? What would you miss the well, most? First of all, I can't imagine what would ever take me away from here mm-hmm. because I absolutely love it here. If I did, um, the people are wonderful. You know, things are different here mm-hmm. in the Rogue Valley than they are out in the world. Um, but the the scenery, uh, the being close to the coast and the mountains and Portland and San Francisco, um, it's just just a great place to be. So you just come back yeah. just, just because? I won't leave. You won't leave. Okay. No. Well, there goes that question. No. Um, if you were ever given a last meal and a last drink, what would that be? A last meal would be a ribeye steak. Mm, I had one last night. Yes, with shrimp. And a nice Caesar salad. Um, the last drink would probably be a gin and tonic. Really? Yes. Scary, huh? Hmm. I mean, people are very distrustful of people who like gin and tonics. <laughs> I don't know about that. Gin and Some tonics people are, are. Gin and tonics are good with a lot of lime. Excellent. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent drink. Yeah. And good friends. Yes, always. Never drink alone. That's right. Well, That's you right. can, but just don't make it a habit. Friends are probably one of the most important things in my life. I can't imagine life without friends. Hmm. I so second thanks that. Thanks for being my friend. Oh, anytime, buddy. Anytime. Okay. If you are listening to this podcast on iTunes and you like it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. Check out the video portion of this podcast on ktbl.com. Just click on Features, then Off Script. John Watts, you're easily one of my favorite people. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're one of my favorite people. Done. We should be in a club. Thank you so much for joining me today.